0: Good evening, dummies! Episode 215, Thursday, September 2nd, 7.53 p.m. My name is Matthew Spear. I'm the host of Don't Unfriend Me, and tonight I'm going to bring you a show that already is extremely controversial. Why? Because I made a statement. If the Republicans want to impeach, they can now. Why? Well, because articles of impeachment don't require a vote. It just simply means that people create articles of impeachment, and then if those charges stick, they can go ahead once they're impeached and perform whatever type of sentencing they want on the president and determine if he's removed from office or it's a censure or anything else. So impeachment really isn't that difficult. We've learned that with Donald Trump. They needed hardly any evidence for that. We're going to go into it tonight. We're diving into it. I have a document which is going to show you exactly what happened in the conversation between Joe Biden and the Afghani president, Ghani, before he fled his country. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a hard-hitting show. It's going to be a show that ultimately might open your eyes to a few things. Let's get it started as Wade is now back, even though he said he was leaving. And we'll put him in a timeout in the corner where Mama keeps the peanut butter. And we'll bring him back at the end of the show. Stay tuned, folks. It's going to be a good one. I'll be back after these messages. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Well, good evening, dummies, and it's wonderful to have you here for episode 215. We have a long show tonight. We have a fun show tonight. I'll get away with a few things left and right, and up and down, and in the center, just to go ahead and walk you through this little excursion. We're called Don't Unfriend Me. What does it mean? Well, we have dummies, we have the dum-dums. The dummies are the listeners of Don't Unfriend Me, it's an acronym, the Don't Unfriend Me's. And we also have the dum-dums. The dum-dums are the people like Wade who come on and just want to go ahead and throw ad hominem attacks without any real substance whatsoever. They don't last very long here, but I don't know, I kind of like Wade so I'm going to keep him here, but he still isn't timeout until the end of the show. What do we do? Well, we talk about politics. We talk about all things to that effect. And the reason why we do that, folks, is because we believe in having a wonderful conversation with you. If we don't do that, we fail at our job. And that's certainly not what we're going to do tonight. You can find me at at don't unfriend me show on all of my handles except for Twitter. Twitter likes to be twatters and Twitter only says that my show can be named the dumb show because it's one letter too many in the don't. Unfriendly show, which is interesting. Please like, share, subscribe, go around the town, see all those social sites. If social media isn't your bag, baby, you can visit don'tunfriendly.com. Go on to don'tunfriendly.com. You can see my catalog, you can see my podcasts, and all that wonderful stuff at your viewing pleasure. Tonight's show is titled Quid Pro Quo Joe. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. I want to be very clear, and I mean crystal clear. I'm not an insider per se. I am not read in at the level I used to be. However, I live, eat, and breathe this sort of thing. I disseminate, collect, objectively analyze, and assess. And this has propelled my show into rapid growth. Not because I am always first, but I always provide the clearest picture to the fuzziest of situations to the best of my ability. This really isn't a fuzzy situation. I feel like this has been a mountain on the horizon that we have been headed to for some time now, and although it's in the distance, it continues to grow and grow, and if people would just look up once in a while, if only people would look up. Imagine this, the phone rings in the Oval Office. The inner chamber is soundproof, bulletproof, and anything other than a direct hit from a missile will make a dent. It is in all senses of the word where conversations go to die. That is until the OSS splintered into the CIA and recording devices were added to the Oval Office, extensively during Kennedy's term, for the very reasons we are going to explore tonight. Now, FDR began the tradition in the 1940s because the press had an uncanny ability to misquote him, or leaks that left the leak-proof room. Kennedy did it because he was surrounded by enemies. And now it is a staple as sure as the resolute desk and Lincoln bus that sits across circumference of the room from the president's right shoulder. The phone rings as the White House switchboard that is now controlled electronically from somewhere near Fort Meade. This is the private lines and that all are encrypted on secure phones and nowhere near resembles the switchboard the public encounters on the public line. A short but recognizable scramble takes place as the handshake process connects both lines and the soothing voice of the presidential secretary simply says, Mr. President, the President of the United States. The call lasts a short time as both presidents discuss their countries. They express concerns, they share admiration for the other, and in all accounts, it was a good call. That is, until the transcripts were released, or stolen, or leaked, Either way, the waters are muddy. But what we do know is that perhaps one of the biggest scandals of our lifetime was perpetuated and perpetrated against the American people. Collusion, quid pro quo, deceit, cover stories, it has all the makings of a spy novel, if not a very familiar story that led to the impeachment of one president who adorned the number 45. Alas, that isn't the story I'm referring to. The impeachment of Donald Trump was about two things, pay to play with the carrot being a visit to the White House and a military aid to the Ukraine being withheld. And I'm not here to litigate the Trump quid pro quo articles of impeachment. For those that say the impeachment wasn't politically motivated, they're lying. And for those that say the Republicans didn't save Donald Trump's bacon are also lying. It was a dance called the Old Potomac Two-Step, and it has been performed many times before. Reuters obtained the most recent call logs from Afghani President Ghani and Joe Biden. Reuters was unable to release the full transcripts, but I have the most imperative portions of the call and want to share them with you tonight. I want to be clear that the source of this is not my own, and I have zero connection other than an operator relationship with this unsolicited material. The men spoke roughly for 14 minutes on July 23rd. On August 15th, Ghani fled the presidential palace and the Taliban entered Kabul. In the call, Biden offered aid if Ghani could publicly project he had a plan to control the spiraling situation in Afghanistan, which goes against the narrative that we've all heard. I'm going to show you the call now. I'm going to read it and highlight some points. And then what we will do is go ahead and talk about what they all mean together. Please hold your questions to your end, if you can, and let's get started. Biden says, "Mr. President," or he says, "Mr. President Joe Biden," and that's the White House press secretary. Ghani says, "Of course, Mr. President, such a pleasure to hear your voice." Some pleasantries ensue, and you can read it from here. What's the real interesting portions are the ones that are highlight in highlighted in yellow, and I will go over them ad nauseum. I believe is that things aren't going well in the terms of the fight against the Taliban, Joe Biden says. And there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Extremely important. Because if that doesn't sound like lying or deceit, it is. And it's exactly what Donald Trump did with the Ukrainian president when he talked about Joe Biden and his corruption with his family. But he didn't mention Joe Biden in that way when he asked the question to look at corruption But the Democrats said he did. The next portion of this, they're talking about strategy and population centers and things to this effect. And then Joe Biden goes into the establishment that the ANA, the Afghan army, has 300,000 well-armed forces and that the Taliban, quote, has 70 to 80,000, and they're clearly capable of fighting well. We will continue to provide close air support if we know what the plan is and what we are doing and that is quid pro quo in every sense of the word we need your plan we need to know what you're going to do and by that we will provide you air support it also says we are also going to continue to make sure your air force is capable of continuing to fly a lie and provide air support for the second time in addition to what we are going to continue to fight hard diplomatically politically economically To make sure your government not only survives, which it doesn't, but is sustained and grows because it is clearly in the interest of the people of Afghanistan that you succeed and you lead, which it can't. After that, Biden wants to prop him up and he says, I find you brilliant and honorable, man. Corn pop. But I really think, I don't know whether you're aware, just how much the perception Around the world, is that this is looking like a losing proposition. Now, listen how he fumbles this, which it is not, not that it necessarily is that, but so the conclusion I'm asking you to consider is to bring together everyone, blah, 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 blah. I have never heard so much double talk in my life, but specifically, Biden references that the rest of the world believes that the ANA and the Afghan government sustaining the Taliban fight and the, and I guess what you could call overall revolution or attack or overthrow or coup or however you want to say it, he admits there that that's the perception of the world. Not America, not the United States, not his cabinet, not his advisors, but the world. Next, Ghani says, Mr. President, we are facing a full-scale invasion composed of Taliban, full Pakistani planning and logistical support. And at least... Ten to 15,000 international terrorists, predominantly Pakistanis, thrown into this. So that dimension needs to be t- uh, taken account of. Second, what is crucial is close air support. And if I could make a request, you have been very generous. If your assistance, particularly to our Air Force, be front loaded, because what we need at this moment, there was a very heavily reliance on air power. And we have prioritized that if it could be at all front loaded, would greatly be appreciated. Asking for air support, knowing that it's a key to success, which I'll show you a video where I said just that a few nights ago. Next, the National Security Advisor or Pentagon, anyone you wish to work with us on the details, so our expectations, particularly regarding your close air support. That is essentially what Donald Trump did when he said, I'll go ahead and send what they said was Rudy, but it wasn't actually Rudy Giuliani. It was Secretary of State. But he's offering to send just the very best. This is an an exact carbon copy of what happened with Donald Trump. Lastly, the urban resistance, Mr. President, is has been extraordinary. There are cities that have taken a siege of 55 days and that have not surrendered. The President is specifically saying that we are under siege, we are under attack, and we need assistance. This was all before the fall of Kabul. Lastly, look close air support works only if there is a military strategy on the ground to support once again quid pro quo takes place biden ends the call as he began and simply says if you want air support and this is not uh whatever the hell that guy's name was schiff adam schiff making annotations to scarface and the mafia it simply says look look Close air support works only if there is a military strategy on the ground to support. It is an innuendo and it absolutely is Joe Biden saying, give us the strategy, give us that plan or you don't get the air support. I want you to watch a couple of videos real quick where I specifically called this out. And this is very important because there's diagrams that I've added to this that will show you back in May versus July and August where the Taliban took over Afghanistan. There's also headline clips that you'll see where this was being talked about in July 6th, but I can go all the way back to November of the previous year and show you where the Taliban were taking over Afghanistan and this was being reported across the world. Here's the first. But you didn't support the Afghans like you should. And that's the problem. They were used to having command and control, an intelligence apparatus, an air force, forward operating bases. You gave that all away. And you left the ANA without air support, which is like leaving Alexander the Great without a cavalry. Or William Wallace without long spears or horses. You can't leave an army of today without air. And you failed them by taking it away. second video is going to show you some stats as well that really support what I'm trying to tell you here. And this one is the most concerning, which was the intelligence community. A community that I continue to stay in contact after my career is that they will tell you that this was common knowledge I have said it you'll hear me say it here and I'll even give you the dates and times of when it happened which is actually during the conversation the call that we now see the transcripts for and if it was common knowledge for me on July 6th it most assuredly was common knowledge for all the alphabet agencies the chief of staff secretary of state and the president of the United States investigation we need to know what they said I have a sneaking suspicion that every intel apparatus, part of our governmental intelligence agency, told Biden this was going to happen. And I've got proof of it because anyone with their eyes, a low level podcast like me, who doesn't even have their clearance anymore, told everybody on July 6th that northern cities in Afghanistan and southern were falling. I've got the recording on there and that the ANA was surrendering and going into Turkistan. I think it's what it was and, and surrendering by the hundreds. Take a look at this picture. If you take a look, the one on the left is from July. And you see that 90 areas or provinces are controlled by the actual Taliban. Contested are 167. Well over 60% of it is actually controlled. Now go to August 16th, where only 7 are contested and the rest, 391, are controlled by the Taliban. This increased exponentially month over month each single time. Taliban had literally taken over over 60 percent of the country by the time they went even into Kabul. Now they're running something like 87 percent of the country. It was falling long before we exfilled. So for anyone to say we didn't know this was going to happen so soon, they're full of so yes. So I hope that adds a little bit of depth to it. So we end here. With Biden, we will continue to provide close air support if we know what the plan is. Biden said this, and days before the call, the U.S. carried out the airstrikes to support Afghan security forces, a move that the Taliban said was in violation of the Doha peace agreement. Biden also advised Ghani to get buy-in from powerful Afghans for a military strategy going forward and then to put a warrior in charge of the effort, a reference to Defense Minister General Bismallah Khan-Mohammadi. Moham- uh, Biden lauded the Afghan armed forces, which were trained and funded by the U.S. government. You heard this. You clearly have the best military, he told Ghani. You have 300,000 well-armed for- forces versus 70 to 80,000, and they're clearly capable of fighting well. Days later, the Afghan military started folding across provincial capitals in the country with little fight against the Taliban. In much of the call, Biden focused on what he called the Afghani government's perception problem. Quote, I need to tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. Biden said, and there is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Inside of this call, there is ample evidence and direct reason to begin an investigation. Now, in all honesty, there is nothing that stands alone in this call that I find particularly troubling, to be honest. Calls like this happen hundreds of times a day from the White House. But there is direct precedence now regarding this call and the one Donald Trump had with the Ukraine. Parallels are blatant and the similarities are paramount. So for the people who are skeptical that this does not possibly lead to an impeachment or change the Republicans' minds, here are the facts to that comment. Facts. Joe Biden asked the Afghanistan to deceive and lie, and there is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. This is a direct quote that blows holes in Biden's story. It shows the world and I and all who knew that this was going to happen and lipstick on a pig was needed to dress the ugliness up. This is essentially the same story the White House has been sticking with in its entirety. Without Ghani available to either confirm or deny these attempted dress-ups, nobody is the wiser. But this document is the monkey wrench in the soup, so to speak. And yes, I just conjoined metaphors. Fact. Whistleblower status needs to be granted immediately, and the witness needs to be taken into productive custody, and their identity needs to be remained masked. Every Democrat needs to also join this fight, since that is exactly what they called for with President Trump on insinuations and suppositions from their whistleblower. In fact, Joe Biden had no intention of aiding Afghanistan or the ANA against the Taliban and his hesitation and stammering in the call shows just that. I believe is that things aren't going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there's a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Remember what I said about men and women last night about using I believe versus I think when a man says I believe it is out of sorts. Most men use logic and reasoning. Women tend to analyze and use their hearts. It isn't sexist. It's just just a character trait. Now, not everyone, of course, but this is mostly accurate for most people. For a man to use the word belief is a very strong position that one truly and deeply feels within themselves. He knew. He admitted it. He lied. Fact, Biden promised air support if Ghani presented a plan, and only a plan, We will provide close air support if we know what the plan is and what we are doing. We are also going to continue to make sure your air force is capable of continuing to fly and provide air support. This was immediately evident when the U.S. abandoned Bagram Air Base in the middle of the night without alerting the Afghani government or the base commander without a word and turning off the power. Fact, Ghani told him, point blank, they were facing a full-scale invasion and had very specific requests and demands to ensure success. The U.S. provided none of them. Fact, Donald Trump was brought up on two articles of impeachment for conjecture and supposition. If the rules of Thunderdome apply, and according to the Democrats, they do, Biden should be impeached several times over. quid pro quo extortion pay for play surrendering to the enemy cowardice in the face of the enemy abandoning key military assets and positions aiding and abetting the enemy and conduct unbecoming of a sitting u.s president now let me be even more clear i have said it before and i will say it again impeaching biden would be a huge mistake every president finds an approval bump after impeachment yes even donald trump did And it could be the catalyst for 2022 and 2024. It could unite a demoralized and flailing Democratic Party. The votes are not there. But with the damning evidence, I bet you they could push it through. And McConnell and the Republicans would change their tune because of this smoking gun. But still, I say hold. Even if you impeach, you will never get those to cross that river to the other side. Impeachment? Yes. Yes because of the hypocrisy clause, vulnerable districts for voting, and the fact that impeachment is useless without conviction. The Dems may just do that to move on from this and attempt to ride out the storm. The Republicans should do the following. Continue to be the party for veterans. Hold Senate oversight investigations that last until the midterms. Ensure every commercial is laced with Afghanistan's failure, impending tax increases, the border inflation, the economic bubble, no infrastructure bill, and jam it down their throats as Trump holds every rally in every swing seat county and state. Take back the House and Senate. Ensure Biden has a lame duck presidency and put DeSantis and Haley on the ticket on the back end of 2024 with Trump pulling the strings. Why? Because the Democrats have painted themselves into a corner. This is the problem with burning all of your political powder and failing to keep a reserve dry. The Democrats were bloodthirsty over nothing. They yelled at the top of their lungs about stormy Daniels, collusion, election interference, p tapes, racism, the orange man's bad, and impeachment. Twice. They made mountains out of molehills and set precedents in motion. America does not follow this stuff close enough to understand. They are not engaged. But they remember 2016, and they will never forget 2020, and this better keep Democrats up at night. It won't be difficult to make the correlation between the Ukraine call and the Afghanistan, Afghanistan call. The difference is Biden is actually guilty of what they accuse Trump of, and there is nobody climbing through this river of sh- on the left who will come out clean on the other side. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. I hope everyone stuck around, including... Wade. Folks, I will go out like I do every night with the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. It is going to increase for the holidays up to 25. And with Afghanistan and all the trouble that veterans are facing, it's going to get even worse. You need to start with a conversation. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, anxiety, depression are all very real. That conversation can save a veteran's life. We lost a good friend of ours which is a sailor and a shipmate that I don't even know that Leroy lost last night. It happens way too often. Please, reach out to veterans, have a conversation. If they can't have it, reach out to me. Send me a text, send me an email. I will get on a plane if I have to to have that conversation with that vet. And if that doesn't work, they can go to dononfriendly.com, go up to the top right, click on the VCL link, and be connected to a Skype operator or phone. It is that important. Folks, I appreciate everybody stopping by tonight. Please stick around for questions. There are a whole bunch. I hope you share this. I hope you like this. I hope you maybe learn something from this. And remember, folks, we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. I will see you tomorrow night for 216. Remember, get your red on. It's Red Friday. Thanks, everybody. Stick around. I'll be back right after this.